One time my grandma ate a clump of wasabi thinking it was guacamole. <laughs> Welcome back to the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales, joined by some usual suspects. Ryan, how's it hanging? Yeah, what's up? And Dirty Derek, how's it going? Man, it's been a long time on the pod. Glad to be back. Good to have you guys back. So let's jump right into it. Got a bunch of fun stuff to talk about before the new year rolls in. And speaking of the new year, let's talk about the game right before that, Alabama versus Clemson. Who do you guys think wins? Right, right now, Alabama is favored by three points. Uh, this obviously is the third matchup in three years between the two teams. So uh, th- I'll toss it to Der- uh, Dirty Derek first. Uh, all right. For this one, I think Bama's minus three versus Clemson. Uh, personally, I don't really see Saban losing this game uh, with a month prepare for Kelly Bryant. I mean, does he really want to give up the greatest uh, college coach award to Dabo Sweeney? Like, uh, probably not. I don't think he's ready to give that up. And uh, I mean, when you look at both of the teams, they look like uh, – they're probably going to stack the line and dare the QB to beat them. Uh, I think Hertz is going to have to do less than Bryant in this game. And Hertz has only thrown one interception, and Bryant has thrown six this season. So that could be a um, big difference maker in this game. I'm going to take Bama. Ryan, what you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I really like Bama in this. They're a balanced team. They're amazing defense, yes. I think they rank, like, top ten across the board in all categories. They can limit plays. They can stop passes, all that stuff. The offense isn't isn't just prolific. I mean, you got Jalen Hurts out there, but they're, they're still a top 10 passing offense. And then, I mean, whenever you got Damian Harris and Bo Scarborough, whenever those guys are your weak points in your offense, you're, you're not going to be a bad team. I mean, and let's, let's not forget that Bama is still favored over number one Clemson. And I, I don't think we'll see this for a while to see a fourth seed ranked over a one seed. Um, Clemson, I mean, they got a great D line, probably the best D line in the game with Christopher Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence. Um, they can cause a lot of trouble because I don't think Jalen is, like I said, prolific or elite at all. So they could cause problems there. Kelly Bryant, he's he's okay. I mean, I don't I don't really trust in him. If you look at his passes, I think he's had like 250 completions, and most of those were screens. I think there were like 60 screen plays. So he's definitely not a deep threat at all. Um, I think I'm going to have to go Bama here. If they can capitalize on the third down, I know that's been giving them trouble all year. But I'll probably take them 28, Bama, 24, Clemson. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to just bet against Saban, really. Like Derek was saying, with a month to prepare, it's hard to see him uh, not getting ready for this game. I'm going to take Bama, too. Uh, but it is pretty cool to see them play uh, the, the third matchup in three years. Uh Next game up, Georgia versus OU. Georgia's favored by two points. Going to send it right back to Ryan for this take. Who do you think wins? Uh, I think I got to go Oklahoma here. I mean, they just have the X factor in Baker. Their offense is just absolutely awesome. You got D, like you got uh, Jeff Bryant, Mikhail Jones, CC. C.D. Lamb and uh, Marquise Brown and those guys, I think they're all like the top 10 in receiving. Um, Not to mention this team is even looking better after they lost guys like D.D. Westbrook, Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan. I just don't know how Georgia could keep up if they send it to a shootout. Um, Georgia isn't is just not a sexy team. I mean, they they have some flash in the pan every now and then they have some staying power. But like I said, if they take it to a shootout, I don't think they can win. I'm going to give it to Oklahoma, 31, Georgia, 28. 
All right, Paul. Well, for me, I'm going to take uh, Georgia with the minus two over Oklahoma. I mean, it's obvious that Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in this playoff, so it kind of sucks to go against him. But, I mean, Georgia has the fourth best defense in the country, and OU has the 57th. Now you could say, oh, they got a uh, high-paced offense, and that could like lead to more uh, possessions by the other team as well, and that contributes to that. But at the same time, uh, yards per play, they are one whole point higher than any other teams in the playoff there. Um, I mean, if you look in the past, top Big 12 offenses are his top SEC defense matchups. Uh, SEC always seems to win those. So I don't expect that to change, um, especially with a month to prepare, get all the, their guys healthy. Um, I mean, the only saving light for uh, OU here is uh, Georgia has been susceptible to big pass plays. So, uh, you know, Baker could take, take advantage of that and, yeah, maybe turn it into a shootout, and that's their chance to win there. But I'm going to take Georgia here. I think I'm going to go OU. Baker Mayfield was playing amazing. I mean, just watching him in that TCU game, he had shredded them in the second half. And, you know, he this kid might not make it in the NFL for, you know, you know personality reasons and for off-the-field issues as well as kind of just framework. But in the college game, I think he's got it perfectly figured out, and I think he's going to take this, take this game. So I'll take OU. Um you guys doing any bets with this one? The spreads are pretty – I mean, the lines are pretty close, so I don't know if I'd uh, be confident taking any any team, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not. It's just too much of a toss-up. The lines are too close. Um, it's honestly just kind of like flipping a coin, and whenever I bet, I need it to be a little more certain than that. Well, right. I mean, the, the one line that could be interesting to bet here is the under on the 47 for Bama and Clemson. I just think that maybe this is that's not going to be a high-scoring game at all. I think 47, although that is a low line, uh, I would probably bet low under on that, but I may stay away from these games completely. All right, so I've kind of been saving my voice on the past two topics, but can't save it now. Big problems in Big D. The Cowboys are now officially eliminated from playoff contention by losing 21 to 12 to the Seattle Seahawks are now sitting eight and seven. I mean, where do I start here? So I guess where do, the start is there's been a massive regression in Dak. Uh, every, you know, there was, everyone was, everyone was wondering, is it Zeke missing? Uh, obviously that's not the case. Zeke had over 50 yards in the first quarter and Dak threw for, 21 for 34, only 180 yards and two interceptions. This offense just could not throw the ball at all. No chunk plays, no no fluidity. Um, I think it's time to I think it's time to really look at Dak and you know what's like what's going on because the the receivers are not getting open. Terrence Williams is okay, but he's not getting open. Cole Beasley's being being more and more shut down by slot corners. Des Bryant, I mean. I mean, it's got to be time to trade him. I mean, multiple drops, fumble, the drop that like pretty much gave Seattle a touchdown, dropped a pass that resulted in an interception. All twenty-one of points, uh, all twenty-one of Seattle's points came off the Dallas turnovers. What a disaster that that game was! And I don't really know what who is like not to blame. To be quite honest, I mean, even Dan Bailey missed some field goals. Now, granted, he could be hurt with the bad groin. But that was just nasty. Um, and then the biggest glaring issue is the horrible play calling by Scott Linehan. I mean, you wait six weeks. You, you know, the whole team's bitching about not having Zeke. 
You can tell the offense is struggling. Alfred Morris was like, if he's in the game, you know they're going to run it because he can't catch the ball. And if Rod Smith's in, you know you're going to throw the ball because he doesn't can't really run that well and they didn't scheme him. So then you wait six weeks. You struggle. You go three and three. You barely have a shot. You finally have a shot at the playoffs. You have to win this game. You have the ball in second and one. You're down nine points, and you don't give them the ball. I mean, how many times have we seen this with coaches just do stupid play calling? They try to like get smart, get cute. And they got, and they, you know, they get the holding penalty, back it up 10 yards. Again, throw it, get sacked, third down, and now it's like third and 15 or whatever. And they miss the field goal, and that's how they lose. It's just unbelievable how this happens every single year where coaches just coach themselves out of a game by being stupid. And, you know, I really think Jason, like, I don't understand how Jason Garrett's job isn't up because. This is ridiculous. Like he has made no adjustments in the second half. Every single time, the every single time our defense starts to look good in the first half, the other the other team always make adjustments, and the Cowboys just get shredded. And he's made no adjustments for that. And all he does is just sit on the sidelines and clap his hands. It's just getting ridiculous. I, I what do you think about this, Derek? What? Why, why does he clap his hands so much? Like he even does it on like bad uh, plays. I, I, I don't really understand that. But uh, um, you know, I can't stand the Cowboys. Uh, you know, being from Houston and everything. But from what I can tell, um, I agree with everything you said. Obviously, but looking at um, some of the, some of the factors I saw is uh, with Dak Prescott. You know, a lot of sports analysts and sportscasters were saying, "Wow, he had a breakout year last year." But once they start getting uh, film on him you know he's gonna regress and that you're kind of seeing that here but you can't put all the blame on him necessarily uh it, he obviously needs some help at wide receiver position because i mean des is not performing well he's been fairly lackluster this year definitely need to get some more get some more key, key pieces there um and just another observation i have with this team uh they, they generally just kind of fall apart after like one or two key injuries i think you see i mean it just looks extremely fragile a couple examples you know obviously sean lee when he's out your defense is like T- uh, tissue paper and and that's been an issue for like years now yeah. and i don't understand i don't understand how you don't like coach other linebackers to be able to play call and like read and like move the defense around it's that we've had that issue for years now that anytime sean lee is out the entire defense collapses and it, it's just it's one of the bottom like four defenses in the league when he's out and it's and- ridiculous I mean, I, and I and I think uh, Tyron Smith, uh, the the tackle that uh, was out, and he's injured yep. now. But now your now your now your offensive line is uh, getting demolished too. I mean, it's just crazy. It's like there's not, not really that much depth on the team, or I don't know what it is. Oh, it's it's absurd. I mean, that and that's exactly my point. Yeah, you put Chaz Green in there at left tackle, and then the whole line falls apart. We saw this in Atlanta, and they got like eight sacks on Dak, and it was a bloodbath. But the, once again, they make no adjustments. I mean, they're out there running like empty play, empty set calls with a bad left tackle and getting sacked and wondering what's going wrong. Like, there's your issue. You don't if you have a bad left tackle, it's put it put a tight end over a running back to help block over there, but golly i mean what's what's another problem like you said with des like he's already said that he doesn't want to take a pay cut are you kidding me you played you've played horrible this season and now you don't even have the injury like uh you know crutch to fall on like he's had in past years and then jason garrett too uh jerry's already come out and said that his his job isn't the issue with this team it's clearly the issue this team has massively underperformed for years I mean, Dez is super prideful and just kind of cocky in general. And I mean, it's just obviously cares only about himself, not a team player. He's played absolutely horrible. Won't take a pay cut. I know there's been some tension with Jason Garrett and him too, even even over the past few seasons. So 
I don't know, man. He's kind of seems seems like a cancer at this point to the team. Well, and he's yeah. Uh, go ahead, Ron. Yeah, no, I, I agree with uh, with the problems of the wide receiver core. I mean, like, cap space has always been an issue with the Cowboys. I think you guys got, like, $9 million in cap space for next season. And Dez is making $17 million, and he's taking up $17 million of that cap as of now. He's nowhere worth anywhere near that money. And if you look at the free agents coming into next year, you got Devontae Adams, Martavis Bryant, Jarvis Landry, Sammy Watkins. All I think would be just way better options for this offense. I mean, you guys drafted Dak. You have to live with him. You don't have another answer. Like, you have to build around him. Even if even if he's not going to be as amazing as he was, as breakout as he was, I mean, you don't have an option but to build around him. I think he just has issues because he got so used to receivers being wide, literally wide open every single play last year because the boxes would be so stacked for Zeke. And so he's used to making the wide open throws and being careful with the ball, which was great for us last year because we just relied on Zeke and run the ball, make easy passes, and it worked. But when shit goes wrong, you have to force the ball into tight spots, and that's just not what he likes to do. And we're seeing it uh, struggle because especially, like I was saying, these receivers can't get open. And the other thing that pisses me off with Dez is that he's already come out and said that, oh, it's the scheme. That's why I don't do well. Like, why are you blaming on the scheme? Obviously, the scheme works for this team. Run the ball well. And you and even in your limited opportunities, you're just dropping balls, deflecting them for easy interceptions, fumbling. Yeah. All right. So speaking of coaches like Jason Garrett, who I believe should be fired, it's almost time for Black Monday. And if Black, if nobody knows what Black Monday is, it's basically after the Sunday or the Monday after the last week of football games, where many coaches are fired. Right now, the Vegas over under is at eight and a half. And we'll go uh, coach by coach of what I believe uh, who will be fired. Um, but Derek, what do you think? Is this a line too high, too low? And uh, who do you think gets camp? Well, I mean, <clears throat> for me, when I saw the eight and a half, I was going through a uh, team by team, think who's going to get fired. Uh, I counted eight, uh, probably for sure. And I counted six maybes. So, I mean, if you take if you take just a couple of those maybes and their firings, I think I'd probably take the over on the firings, although – the one thing that would stop me from doing that is, um, I mean, who is the, who is out there to select as coaches? I just think it's kind of – there's just not much of a selection right now. I don't know who you would get. So, you know – Jeff, Jeff Fisher, man. He's lying in wait. Oh, no, man. I mean, it would be dumb as hell <laughs> if they picked him up. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I just don't know how many candidates are out there. So, if you have like 10 openings uh, coach, I just don't know who you're going to get. I mean, if you're talking about who I think is going to go, uh, I think Bruce Arians with the Cardinals uh, – I think Marvin Lewis at the Bengals, I think his time's up. Same with Caldwell at the Lions. Uh, Bucks coach, Coder, uh, if I pronounce that correctly, I think he's probably Dirt gone. Cutter, yeah. Dirt Cutter. Um, Pagano at the Colts. I mean, that team's a dumpster fire. He's probably gone. Uh, Jackson is 1-30 uh, with the Browns. I, he may get another chance, though. I just can't believe that, though. I mean, he's 1-30, but there's, you know, the team in general is just kind of it's just hard. I mean, that coaching position is damn near impossible with some of the decisions that uh, organizations made at the top. So I also have the Titans here with Malarkey. Um, I, I know the Titans are doing fairly well, but I just don't think he's that great of a coach. I mean, I think he's coaching for his job against the Jags. If he loses against the Jags, he might be over after the season. Um, I know that, that 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 one might be kind of a stretch because they are, uh, you know. I don't think that one's a stretch. I mean, they've you know, they've like made Mark they've turned Marcus Mariota into like the worst game manager I've ever seen. They play they have horrible play calling and just try to like flatten the ball out when they can't really run that well, and it just looks awful. 
it's just like I think that team has way more potential than what they you know what they're doing. I think a lot of people would agree. Absolutely. With that. I mean, Absolutely. in terms of in terms of jobs that like are on the fringe, I think they'll stay. I mean, you're talking about Bulls at the Jets. I mean, they were supposed to be zero and sixteen. That was a legitimate line in Vegas, and now they're five and ten right now. So I think he stays. Uh, Del Rio at the Raiders. I mean, Carr has been so like sporadic, and when he comes back, so I, I think he stays. Vance Joseph at the Broncos. Uh, I mean, Elway's coaching selections are kind of screwing him over here. Um, I think he's going to stay. Uh, and I've got O'Brien at Texans. Uh, Sean Watson has already emphasized that he like wants um, O'Brien back like really badly, so I think that carries some weight. And honestly, Texans have played 74 players this season. I believe that's the most in the league. Uh, we've been the most injury-prone team. I mean, we had to play like a fifth-string quarterback this last game for a second. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking in the coaching department. So the ones I have for sure, or not for sure, these are the ones that I wrote down. Todd Bowles, I think the Jets, like, just... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Come on, man. I just Come on, think, man. Dude, Give the man some credit. He, he made 5 and 10. You, yeah, you're, and that's, that's a good point. But, like, this team still has just, like, blown way too many games that they actually should have won. Now, you're right, Derek, that he might not be fired just because, like, who else are you going to get? But I think this team needs a new coach just for like uh, sake of refreshing th- refreshing things. I I mean my my argument against that is that the Jets were expected to go zero and sixteen, and we won five games. Honestly, we could have won six or seven this year. And if you look at our roster, it's just not very good. Whenever you're throwing the ball to like Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse, I mean, it's not like a very, very good team. Our defense is okay. It's like middle of the road, but it should be better than that. But I mean, I think Todd Bowles keeps his job. The difference is like we have a place like Hugh Jackson, who is like one in 27 with Cleveland. Like, Sure, it, Cleveland's an awful team, but they're not producing results. And in the end, somebody has to go. And I think it's going to be Hugh Jackson in Cleveland and not Todd Bowles. Well, I think yeah, that that was the next person I had. Hope um, I think he's like his job is pretty much already gone. I mean, this uh, there you don't really even need to get into what the Browns are and have been. The no, the other one that I think is definitely going to be fired is Jack Del Rio. I mean, the Raiders were a near Super Bowl con- con- candidate uh, last year. And we're going to be an interesting matchup with the Patriots had um, Derek Carr not gone down. But, I mean, this team has looked awful this year. You got Michael Crabtree getting fights, uh, Mari Cooper getting suspended. Uh, Mari Cooper's looked terrible, and that's like a whole other issue. But, I mean, this team has massively underperformed this season. And I feel like that would be, like, right for them to do that, you know, get a new coach, new face while they move into Vegas. But – We'll see. Uh, the next one I have up is John Fox for the Bears. I mean, this guy just makes stupid challenges all the time. I don't understand how this guy is really a head coach, honestly. My favorite is there's a there's a game the other day, and they pan to this fan in the crowd, and he just holds up the Firefox logo, <laughs> so hitting at John Fox to be fired. Um, the next one I have up, like you said, Derek Dirk Cutter for the Buccaneers. Um, I think this. I think that team needs to be reeled in. I mean, Jameis Winston has just been like acting like an idiot all over the field. Uh, you have this new report that apparently Deshaun Jackson's like car like uh, was found wrecked with a bunch of marijuana and bullets uh, in the back seat, and he says a friend did it. So that's a whole nother issue. Um, Jason Garrett, I believe, should be fired, but I don't think he will. I mean, it's it's uh, Jerry Jones' puppet boy at this point. Um, so I don't think he will be fired, but that's who I think should. 
Then next one, Vance Joseph with the Broncos. I mean, what a disaster the Broncos season has been. I mean, this defense is no longer elite. I think it's fair to say uh, they've been shredded. Uh, the offenses look terrible. They've gone through all every quarterback you can think of. Um, the Marvin Lewis of the Bengals. Uh, that's that team has just needs an identity change as, as well. I'm tired of seeing them just try to muck up and get dirty in games, and that's like their only hope of winning. Andy Dalton has looked awful, just throwing the ball in like triple coverage. Nothing looks good with that team. AJ Green looks like he's like almost quit on the team. Uh, and then the last one, Chuck Pagano. I mean, the Colts have looked terrible as well. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, I think, is a okay quarterback, and I think he'll be good for them down the road. But yikes, that 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 team as well. Um, you know, it's still it's still pretty upsetting what they did with the whole Andrew Luck situation by you know promising season ticket holders that he would be out there for the start of the season. And then he's never even played a game. I mean, that's just criminal what they did to those uh, ticket holders. So add all those up, it comes down to nine for me. But that's kind of who I deserve, who I think should be fired, but not who I think will be fired. I don't obviously. I don't think Jason Garrett will. Ryan's probably right about Todd Bowles. Um, I think he he did you know outperform a little more than. Um, what was expected. So he'll probably keep that one. So it'll probably be around seven or eight that actually get fired. And then with like Bruce Arians, like I think he's just going to retire. So I don't think he will technically be fired, but that's who I Yeah. Am. I mean, going, going back to that though, I mean, it's like, but what are the options out there? Are you going to get Rex Ryan back? Are you going to get Jeff Fisher? Like, is this going to be 2014 all over again? I mean, there's just not enough options out there unless you start tapping, like, college or anything. I mean, I think the biggest thing in the NFL is to go with the devil you know rather than the one that you don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rex Ryan. Are you sure, man? Are you sure he doesn't want to stick with that ESPN job? <laughs> I don't know. I would love to see him take down another team. Could you imagine like Rex Ryan with the Bears? Oh, that'd be awful. I bet. Wait, honestly, Rex I think Ryan, I, Rex Ryan's at FS1, isn't he? But either way, not the greatest game. I, no, he's got a uh, he's got to go to the Dolphins now to complete his uh, AFC East uh, uh, tenure. <laughs> yeah, get one well. last get one last shot at Brady. We start picking up college coaches and stuff. I mean, I don't know. Big risk guys for for these coaching positions. I just don't know. Um, like all these teams need coaches, but there's just not that many out there. Speaking of Brady, so apparently there's a story that Tom Brady's trainer Alex Guerrero, uh, he's one of like his like life coach like um, trainers that's been helping him keep uh, healthy and stay fit, which is kind of one of the reasons we've been he's been able to play for so long. Apparently, he had his access restricted by Belichick, and it actually caused quite a bit of uh, tension within the locker room. Apparently, he's no longer to travel on the team plane and is not allowed on the sidelines anymore. And apparently, this comes off of a story that he was bad-mouthing the uh, Patriots trainers and telling the players to do opposite of what they were saying um, for, like, squats or something like that. And now – and so Belichick just kicked him out. But I think this is a bigger story than it's kind of been, like, talked about because, I mean – it, it it you can kind of finally see that Belichick's like had it uh, had enough of like Brady's like ridiculous like you know quinoa freaking jacket over here like salad guy enough of this uh, routine of his and he's starting to push back and I think this also goes a little deeper 
with uh, his issues between uh, him and uh, Bob Kraft. But what do you think about the story, Ryan? Uh, well, first off, this guy is the big proponent of like avocado toast and all that. And um, I think, you know, it, something has to be explained for Brady's success. He's been playing the game for forever. This guy has been around for forever. If the system isn't broke, then don't 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 try to fix it. I mean, I don't I don't really understand. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to get some drawing with the other like athletic trainers and the Patriots organization, but I mean, if it wins games, it wins games. And I feel like Belichick out of anybody would be able to recognize that. What do you think, Derek? Uh, all right. So, I mean, I think honestly, uh Packers are getting kind of some flack for like catering to the QB here with Rogers uh, being poked back on the IR and stuff like that. I think Belichick like just saw that uh, well Brady's getting the special treatment, the special trainer, and he's jarring with what I want to do and got rid of him. I don't see a huge problem with it really. Um, it, it didn't make as big of news as I guess I would have thought, um, but at the same time, you know, uh, I think Cowher talked about this a little bit, uh, like uh, that when when this happened, it was a pretty big story in the Boston area, and like no. Uh, reporters even asked Belichick about it. Um, I, I, I don't know. In, in general, the the move is typical Belichick. You know, it's his organization and probably just want to get the guy out. Um, so I don't, I guess I don't really have a problem with it. But at the same time, yeah, I see what Ryan's point, you know, uh, they've been winning. You don't want to start some tension in the locker room that maybe you didn't need to start. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, speaking of Coward, he actually had an interesting take that one of the re- so I remember when it when the story first came out that they traded Garoppolo for a second round pick. I just remember thinking that why it just doesn't seem like enough. You know, normally anytime you see a Patriots trade, anytime they're dealing with anybody, you always think, oh, the Patriots got the better deal. Like, don't trade with the Patriots because you're just going to get robbed. And that was like the first one of the first trades I've ever seen where I thought. Wow, the 49ers got like a really good deal. I mean, a second round pick is peanuts compared to how look how how well he's uh, played so far. Um, you can tell they have uh, what looks to be like a franchise quarterback and one of the his theories about it is that long time ago I think that he said that he thinks that Brady came across uh, Bob Kraft's uh, table and Belichick was w- wanting to trade him knowing that Brady's getting older. Uh, we can still trade him to a good team for a lot of picks and a lot of assets, even with his age. And we can uh, start to build around another quarterback. And Belichick was confident that he could. And for the first time, Bob Kraft told him no and said, I'm not siding with you. I'm siding with Brady. And I, and then I think, and then he thinks that Belichick got so pissed off about that and held a grudge that he just started to sell off all the quarterbacks he was developing and is just waiting for Brady to call it quits and and then uh, kind of leave Bob Kraft like you know holding the bag with nothing uh, and to, and then leave and then see uh, how quickly the organization turns uh, down after after Brady leaves and you know it's an interesting topic but it kind of I mean it kind of makes sense because we thought that Brady was going to be traded and leave uh, Boston. Um, around a couple of years ago and it's starting to make sense that he would trade Brissett for nothing, uh, Garoppolo for nothing. And I mean, they took, uh, they took a long time to develop Garoppolo and just to trade him for a second round pick makes no sense at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you know, you're going to get fired or laid off from a job, you're going to, 
not perform as well. You're going to start stealing office supplies. <laughs> You're going to do upper deckers in the toilets. You know, I mean, like, I totally understand where he's coming from. I mean, like, if I put in my heart and soul into an organization only to get turned down on, like, every every time that I bring something up, I mean, of course I'm going to try to self-sabotage. I'm going to get my last ring. I'm going to get Brady to the hall, and I'm going to retire. Um, uh, I hope if there's ever employers listening, they just hear that one clip of Ryan saying he'd leave upper deckers in the toilet if he knew he was going to be canned. <laughs> oh god all right yeah i mean it, it just it never made sense when that trade happened and it and like now that you you know you think a little bit more about it and i could so see bill you know belichick just trying to prove his point that he is the reason for all this success not brady um but i guess I mean, we'll see the, the only the only thing that could delegitimize the story is if if patriots legitimately think that uh, Brady can be around for three more years than they are banking on that. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, he's looking great, but that's a pretty ballsy move. And I think there's been like um, some stories coming out that Giselle doesn't even want him to play that long. So I don't know. The moves don't make that much sense as you summarized before, but uh, maybe Brady does want to stay around for three years and he looks like he can right now, but I mean, <laughs> I just don't know. They, they, they kept Garoppolo for so long Um and then they just dish him out for nothing. It didn't make that much sense to me. Just eating his avocado toast with a no tomato diet. <laughs> Whatever he's doing, I need to do. I don't know. He's <laughs> looks like he's like twenty five. Yeah, and Derek looks like he's eighty five. All right, asshole. <laughs> All right. So now that the new year is coming, we thought we would give our best. Uh, Sports moments of 2017 slash whatever funny uh, moments we can uh, come up with. Kind of recap the year just a little bit. So my favorite was the 28 – speaking of the Patriots, was the 28-3 comeback. Now, I'm nowhere near a Patriots fan, but to see – like to watch that live was something out of this world and will probably go down as the best comeback in the history of the the sport. Um, You know, obviously some like – dismantling uh you know the, the falcons clearly just crumpled away that offense turned horrible they didn't run the ball like they should have i mean despite julio jones incredible catch on the sideline to see brady come back and win that game was in, was incredible so that was my favorite mo- uh, sports moment of 2017 ryan uh why don't you talk about a couple years uh i think my hands down favorite was uh, after the McGregor-Mayweather fight, uh, McGregor went to Encore Nightclub in Vegas at like 2 in the morning after just taking a beating all night, probably concussed, and just started pounding drinks at the pool. Um, I have been in boxing matches to where I immediately started drinking afterwards, and the next morning I felt like a train hit a train that then hit me. And I <laughs> it, it should have me, honestly to take just blows to the head and then just do damage to your body. Like that is impressive. And I, I salute him, honestly. Oh, uh, for me, uh, one of my favorite moments, you know, being from Houston was Astros winning the world series. Um, after, you know, hurricane Harvey kind of destroyed many parts of the city and flooded away a lot of homes. So it was cool to see the Astros win after such a disaster and, you know, the first championship ever. I mean, I personally, after the game, we got absolutely shit canned, uh, down <laughs> in the street and party with everybody. Uh, and it was absolutely a blast. So uh, one of my favorite nights of this year, for sure. And on a uh, uh, less serious note, I personally like, and all my friends make fun of me for this, but Clay Travis came on CNN uh, 
and told the CNN anchor that he only believes in two things absolutely, and it's First Amendment and boobs. And I just could not stop freaking laughing. CNN got triggered, banned him from all their networks, can't go on any commercials. Oh, my gosh. Just so classic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, those are my favorite moments. I love how I got to slap the explicit tag on this episode. Derek with the shit canned. <laughs> oh, oh, I actually have something that happened just last night. Um, for everybody that was watching the Texas Bowl, you could see a obviously intoxicated Robbie yelling bullshit on national broadcast of ESPN in the stand. So that was <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Wow, Robbie making us proud. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's you know, that's like one of my favorite parts of like Monday night football or like any national TV game when they like pan to the coach and they clearly just like say, What the f- fuck? And the announcer's kind of just like, Well, there's some explicit talk there, Jim. <laughs> you try to play it off like that's what you get when you try to like mic all these guys up and get right in their face like you're gonna catch massive cuss words all the time oh they're like they're not even very good about it like i i think i was watching like football on like sunday or saturday and i i definitely heard a giant fuck come from that like the sidelines and they're like oh well you know it's heated down there <laughs> yeah like <laughs> the, the, anytime they play it's always so funny to watch them try to play it off but, gosh all right so Derek presented an interesting take that New Year's is a, is trash. So thought I'd give him his due time and uh, Derek, take it away. Okay, so I don't think it's particularly a hot take, but I think New Year's Day might be the most overrated holiday you know there is. Okay, that's a, a hypothetical scenario. You know, maybe a lot of guys will relate to this. Okay, you're gonna spend hundred hundred fifty bucks on a ticket for like all you can drink up until New Year's at some bar or hotel where it's absolutely butt to nut in there, you're sweating your dick off and it takes forever to get a drink. Okay. The air is cloudy with everyone's sweat. Your girl wants to get uh, those complimentary glasses of Andre at the front of the club, but it takes fucking 45 minutes to get up there for absolute swill. So, you know, every chick out there is wearing those dumb sparkly headwear things to say the New Year's <laughs> Day on and shit. I mean, okay. Like, and the problem is if you're trying to get laid, you probably have to put the head piece, head piece on uh, and like show that you have some like spirit and look like a dumbass. But you know, if you don't do that, you're gonna not gonna have any <laughs> chance of success getting laid. So you got to bite the bullet and do it. Look like an idiot all night. Your girl's probably gonna cry that you missed like the perfect New Year's kiss photo, like right at the countdown of midnight, and you missed like the fireworks and everything like that. So eventually, you're gonna have to calm her down. Buy the now fifteen dollar glasses of Andre's shitty champagne that you were getting before. Well, she starts crying when she gets freaking wasted. And then you have to spend a surge price inflated $60 Uber to get home. And you're lost in the hundreds of people trying to get Ubers themselves. She may or may not puke in the car. You might get a one-star review on Uber even. That's a nice New Year's. uh, You're starting starting the year off right there. I mean, in the end, you realize that maybe a house party with the boys would have been exponentially better and you would have had a better time. But you also know that you're... But you also know that your girl is going to get freaking pissed at you if because you're not paying enough attention to her. So you like it's a lose lose situation in any scenario. You don't have fun. You spend like three hundred dollars, or you can party with your boys and spend fifty dollars on some liquor and some beer. But then your girls met you all night, and you don't get laid either way. So uh, this holiday sucks in general, man. <laughs> oh my god, Derek just lit up this podcast with explicit. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, I think you had a take on this as well. I mean, honestly, I've, I've done the, the, the crux of new year's is, are you going to get laid or not? And it's typically no. Um, I, I've done it both in a relationship and out. 
And there's like three options. There is the one where you're in a relationship and you're probably not getting laid because look, I'm like a 220 pound guy. I usually date girls around like 115 pounds. They try to keep up. It's cute. They can't. Um, and then if you're single, you're either fucking pissed drunk, making out with some like skank on the bar floor, or you don't find anybody and you're just sitting there staring at the one other guy in the room not making out with a girl and you're like, well, fuck, what do I do now? You know, just dick in hand. Like I, do I go to the bathroom and pull a Pornhub, and that's, and that's my new year's kiss. Like it's just an overrated holiday. I, I totally agree. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good luck to everybody out there on new year. So after <laughs> those takes, happy fucking new year. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty fun, but I, I mean, I agree with the, the Uber surcharge. That could be a pain in the ass. Um, and yeah, like $15, like, you know, little glasses of champagne. That's like just criminal what they charge you for that. Um, that's funny though. Anything else before we get out of here, guys, got a little bit of time. So make sure to follow us on iTunes at the BBB podcast on Twitter at the BBB pod. We need some more Twitter followers. So make sure you guys follow that Twitter account. Um, Derek, how can the people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me at Derek underscore Nissen D E R E K underscore N I S S E N. And yeah. Ryan. Uh, yeah, I don't have a Twitter because I'm not fucking 12. Oh, what, what the, that's not the 12 year old thing. I think, right? I, I think Twitter is the best social media. I don't know what you're Twitter talking about. Awesome. Twitter is like the best I, social media. I, I don't know. I think my grinder account is the only thing I use. <laughs> oh, all right. So for Ryan, for Derek, please, please leave us a fat five-star review on iTunes. I'm your host, Joey. See you later, folks. <laughs>